put it simply, a love for God and following in the ways of Jesus should be the motivation for everything we do. Likewise, the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself tells us that if we don't have love for our neighbor, then we simply don't know the heart of God. The church is to make an impact for the kingdom of God in a broken world and that looks like sacrificial, generous, and compassionate love for all people. Jesus gave his followers clear instructions in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Our mission is clear. Following Jesus for our community as we make an impact for his kingdom. It's good to see you. I'm glad that you guys are here. Welcome, especially if you're a first-timer. We're super glad that you are here today, and we hope from the moment you got here on the campus and drove up that you felt welcomed and that you know we were ex we are excited to have you here today. I want to say one thing, and I say it every week because it's important to us, and that is, you heard it in the video, but we want you to make sure you check out the Next Steps wall after the service because that's where you can get all the information you need about student ministry and our kids and community groups and ways to serve, ways to be connected. And um, I hope that you'll check that out at the end of the service if you haven't already. So we're in the second week of the series called Impact. And John chapter 4 is where we will be today if you want to turn there. And while you're doing that, so this is where we've been as a church. When we started in July, uh, we spent several weeks talking about, okay, what has Jesus done? What does Jesus do? And so now how as the church do we do this? So we just talked about his church will too. We will do what he did. And then we spent about uh, five weeks talking about community and what does that look like and, and why, what are we called into and what is our purpose. And now we're spending the, the month of October talking about impact, talking about making an impact as the people of God, as community of faith. And um, I want us to talk about that a little bit, but if, if here's where I want you to land today. Here's the so what of today. It's really fairly simple, and for some of you, it'll be much more easy to, to jump on board with this than others of you, but it's simply this, that I want you to leave here today knowing for certain that you are a person that God wants to use to make an impact in someone else's life. You are a person that God wants to use to make an impact in someone else's life. Now, depending on where you are in your faith journey, you might be like, Hey, I'm ready to go. And others are going to be going, hold on a minute. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even know if I know God. Well, I want to say that before you make an impact on others, that God wants to make an impact on you. And he wants to do that through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at this together today, and we're going to talk about this. But God uses some very unlikely people to make an impact. He, he does it all the time. So this is something else I say a lot. You know, we can try to disqualify ourselves occasionally when we look at God's Word. We can say, well, that person, of course, you know, they're in the Bible, and they were, like, really awesome and super holy, so obviously God used them, but he's not going to use me. Like, he, you know, but God consistently through Scripture uses unlikely people, people without a lot of education, without a lot of experience. Um, he does it over and over and over again. He uses the underdog so often to make an impact, not just any impact, but, like, an eternal impact impact like for the sake of his kingdom he does this and in John chapter 4 we find a, a situation a story that some of you this is really familiar so I would just say you know ask God to give you fresh ears 
and fresh eyes to look at this today so that you don't just go, well, okay, hurry up and get to the point, Shannon, because I already know what's going on here, right? That's what I do sometimes, so that's what I'm asking for you. But in this uh, passage in John chapter 4, Jesus is doing his ministry. He is going from town to town. He's sharing the message that he is the Messiah. He is the one, that the promised one that they've been waiting on. Uh, he has come not just, you know, he, he's there for all. He's not just there for a certain group of people. And he's traveling with his disciples. And they are on their way. And they decide to take what's, or he decides to take what's not really a shortcut, but to go through Samaria. Which, you know, so we're, you're hearing me say that and you go, okay, great, Samaria, I, I've heard of that. That's one of those places in the Bible, move along. But what's important about Samaria to know is that Jesus was a Jewish person and Jewish people didn't have anything to do with, with people from Samaria, with Samaritans. They, had, they thought that Samaritans were godless. They thought they were trash. They had nothing to do with them. And so the fact that Jesus wants to go through Samaria is already a little questionable. But he wants to go through this place. So he goes to places and he does things. And so when I talk about us making an impact, think about this, about where we find ourselves at times that God wants to use us. So Jesus is going through Samaria, and then he sends his disciples off to, to find lunch. And he's there, and along comes a woman in the middle of the day to come and collect water from a well. And um, she comes, and so there's a couple of things going on. You're, again, you're like, okay, so? Well, so first of all, they're in Samaria, not good for, for Jewish people. Now he's alone talking to a woman, again, we don't think a lot of that, but that was not cool. That's culturally and socially not okay for a man to be alone with a woman. They're not married. They're not talking. So it's, that's, that's a deal. And then add to this, this woman has a reputation. This woman has a story. This woman has a background. And so she's not the most upstanding woman in the community. So all this is going on, and Jesus and this woman start to have a conversation now, here's what I think is really, that I had never really thought of before when I try to go, okay, I want this to come alive, um, you know, in, in the context of I'm living. How can, I, how can I live out John chapter 4? Well, beginning in verse 25, we find they're having this conversation. Jesus has really blown her mind by telling her that he is the living water, and she's like, oh, hold on a minute. And then he, and not only that, but then he tells her that he knows her story. He knows what's been going on. He knows she's been married five times. He knows that the man she's with right now, they're shacking up. They're not even married. He knows these things about her, but he does it, of course, in his wonderful Jesus way, right? So she's not feeling condemned. She's not feeling like she's the worst thing ever. And they're talking, and he tells her he's the living water. And this is what she says to him, okay? Verse 25. She says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Here's what I want you to hear today when I talk about you being a person who can make an impact. See, we live in South Georgia, in case you didn't know. We live in the Bible Belt. Some might say we're like in the buckle of the Bible. You know, like we are right in the middle of it all. And I, what I want you to hear in that is that just about everybody, if not everybody you know, has heard of Jesus. They've heard of Jesus. 
They've heard of Jesus. They've heard of God, and they've heard of the Son, Jesus Christ. They could probably describe what they think Jesus looks like, which we all know is like a white guy with blue eyes, right? Because he's from the Middle East, so that makes sense, right? So... People have heard of Jesus. And this woman has heard of Jesus. Yeah, she's a, Samar- she's a Samaritan. Yeah, she, um, yeah, she's got a story. Yeah, she's got a background. Yeah, th- yeah, she's like the talk of the town. No one will have anything to do with her. But she's heard of Jesus. Folks, you know people who have heard of Jesus. But have they yet to be introduced to Jesus? Have they talked to Jesus? Have they had an impact with Jesus like we talked about last week? It's one thing to know who he is, to know his name, maybe be able to describe what he looks like, maybe even to describe some of his attributes, right? He's the son of God. He's the savior of the world, right? People know this, but do they know this? Have they met him? So this woman is not like dumb. She's heard of Jesus, And then Jesus told her, because he's talking about the living water, he's told her he knows her story, which, you know, is he like some kind of magician? Is he playing a trick on her? What is this? And then he says to her in verse 26, I am the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one. I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the one that's going to come and help this make sense to you. I am the one that you've been longing for. And then just then, the disciples come back, we find in verse 27. And of course, they see that this situation is not good according to their experience. They shouldn't even be there to begin with. And now he's there with this woman, but they don't ask about it because, you know, he's Jesus. And then in verse 28, what happens is, and again, we might not be able to connect to this straight away, but what we find is, so this woman, you know, now that the disciples are there, and they obviously think she's, you know, sketchy, like, what's up? Why are you with that woman? Why are you talking to her? You know, you can feel those vibes, right? Like, you know, when someone doesn't think a lot of you, you can feel that, and she feels this. So she's done. She's had her, she's had her connection with Jesus. That's really why she was there. So what does she do in verse 28? She, she leaves her water jar beside the well and she runs back to the village telling everyone. Now again, you're going, okay, cool. This would be the equivalent, equivalent of you dropping your cell phone and, and, or your wallet or your purse and running to the, like, it, like everything that was important to her, this, this, this jug of water is important to her. This is livelihood for her. She drops it and runs to the village to tell everyone about her encounter with Jesus or with this man who says he's the Messiah. Like the impact that she had was so powerful that she dropped what was important to her and she runs to the village to tell everyone about this. And then she says this in verse 29. She says, she can't keep this to herself, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so what do the people do? We find in verse 30, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. So this woman has spent, what, what, 10, 20, maybe 30 minutes with Jesus? Maybe. I mean, tops, 30 minutes. And yet her life is now changing. 
He engaged her. He spoke to her. He, he looked her in the eye. When's the last time that happened? And he told her, I am the Messiah, the one you know about, but I'm here for you. I mean, think about this. Have you ever, have you ever stopped and really thought about the people that God has placed in your life that had an impact on you in such a way that like the ripple effects are still occurring today? I mean, think about that. Like, ha- There are people that God, I hope, I pray, and if you spend some time thinking about it, I think you'll find it's true. There are people that God has put in your life that had an impact on you in such a way that, that you are closer to Christ because of it. I... um. I know some of you, especially if you were with us when we were downtown, you've heard me probably tell some version of this before, but, but I want to, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the people that have had an impact on my life and how those ripple effects continue to go even to this moment. Back in 94, uh, I was living in Oklahoma City and my, my friend Carrie and her parents, Randy and Connie, had a huge, I just made this new friend Carrie at work, and they had this tremendous impact on me because they were followers of Jesus. They, they, told, they, like, they talked to me about it. Like they weren't ashamed of being followers of Jesus, okay? They were real. They weren't like, like weirdos. They were real. Um, they, they weren't like shoving tracks in my hand and telling me I was going to burn in hell or anything like that. Like they were just real and they knew I didn't know God and they wanted me to know God through Jesus Christ. They were just real, and they were, they were not perfect. Um, they had disagreements. They had stresses of life. But as I watched them and I spent time with them, I thought, okay, this is something different. Okay, so that was the first, well, that was one impact, not the first. That was an impact. So because of that impact, right, and I start thinking about, okay, who is this God thing, I, I, I wanted to buy a Bible. Now, my sister was a senior in high school at the time. I was out of school. I was um, working in the restaurant business. And uh, my sister was being a senior. And, and um, I thought, you know what? This Jesus-y thing that, that my friend and her parents seem to be so on board with, it seems to work for them. I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a Bible for my sister and give it to her. You know, this will be nice or something, you know. And so I go to a, a bookstore called, you may have heard of it. And so I go to Mardell to buy a Bible, and I think I'm going to run in and get a Bible and then, and then leave. Run in, get a Bible for Bridget, and then leave. So I go in, and it is like you walk in, and it's just like Bible-rama. It's like walls and walls and shelves and shelves of Bibles. And I'm like, I don't even know oh wow this is a lot this is a lot of Bibles I wasn't a believer yet wow this is a lot of Bibles and this sweet older gentleman probably retired you know just kind of working a little job you know he comes over to me real nice and he's like can I help you and I was like no and um, I don't need your bible help back off don't try and save me here dude I'm just to buy, I just want to buy a bible and I was like, no, thank you. And I went and kept looking, looking. I have no idea what I'm looking for. I don't even know where to start. So if I, I make my way back over like two aisles and I find the sweet older man and I said, yes, I think you can help me. I said, I, I want to buy a Bible for my sister. And she's in high school. And he's like, oh, okay. And he said, well, and he takes me to an aisle and he said, I would recommend the Life Application Teen Bible. 
I was like, okay, cool. And he pulls it off the shelf and he opens it up and he's like, see, it's got these stories and devotions and you can do all this. And he's, I was like, that's great. That will be wonderful. And I said, well, you know, while I'm here, I guess I'll maybe buy a Bible too. And so, which is really why I went to begin with, sorry, Bridget, but I really went to get myself a Bible, but I had to like lie to myself and say it was for her. So I'm like, okay, I'll get a Bible too. And I, so I told him that and he goes, well, what kind of Bible do you have right now? And I said, well, I don't have one. He goes, oh, okay. And I was waiting, I was waiting for him to say something, but he didn't. And he goes, well, come over here. And we went to another aisle and he said, I recommend, and this is the Bible. He said, I recommend the Life Application Bible. And uh, he said, you know, the, the first half, like the top of the page is all scripture and everything. And the bottom is, it gives you like historical background and cultural references and takes you to other places in the Bible. And I'm kind of a history nerd and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this is really cool. Great. And he's like, there's maps and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll get this one too. It's wonderful. And he showed me the front and like the table of contents. I'm like, well, that'll be helpful and, and all this. And so he's showing me this. And then he asks me the weirdest question one of the weird, I'm sure I've been asked a lot of weird questions, but he asked me a really weird question. He says to me, holding this Bible, so when you take it home, where are you going to start reading it? Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I buy a book, I usually start at the beginning. Now, I know some of you sinners read the last page to find out what happens. <laughs> and you can repent of that later. But see, I'm just buying a book. That's what I thought. So, so you started the beginning. And I said, um, the beginning? <laughs> that was my answer to his question. He goes, yeah, you know, most books you would do that. And then he takes it from my hand and he goes... He goes back to the table of contents and he takes his finger and he runs it down to Luke and he shows me the page number and then he turns to Luke and then he says, I would start if I were you in Luke. He said, start there. He goes, see, Luke was a doctor. He's details and he's gonna give you a really good uh, like story of, of, of Jesus. He goes, and when you're done with Luke and then he went back to the front and he went to the table of contents again and he found and he took his finger down to John and the page number and he, then he turned to John and he said and when you're done with Luke read the book of John he said John's going to give you a little more deep, a little more backstory, and you're going to hear a little bit more and like it'll go a little bit more into some of the things that Luke recorded and he goes and then when you're done with John and I'm like okay Luke got it John ready for the third one he said when you're done with John read John again okay okay nice older retired man at Mardell Christian Bookstore I will do that so I say thank you very much and I buy the Bibles and I go home and I thought well there's no harm in taking his advice so I start to read in Luke and I read in Luke and I finish Luke, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I start to read John, and I see that, okay, yeah, I remember that story. Oh, there's a little bit more. And I read the book of John, and I start to like highlight some things at the bottom and mark some things. And then I get done, and I start to, not all in one sitting, by the way. Okay, this is over several days. And then I start John again the second time. And somewhere in John, don't know where, don't, re don't remember, somewhere while reading John the second time, 
I heard <laughs> the voice of God ask me a question. Shannon, is this just a book? You can keep on reading it. Or is this my word? Do you believe what is written in here? And somewhere in the second reading of John, I told God that I believe. And I surrendered that moment to Jesus. I believed. I had heard of Jesus. I had heard his name. I knew he was the son of God. I knew he was love and goodness and all those things. I, I, I'd heard this stuff, but I didn't know that Jesus came for me to give me life, to forgive my sins, to reconcile me with God where there had been a broken relationship. talking about impact about a year later I moved to Georgia I was in Oklahoma City when and moved uh, moved to Georgia and then about another 18 months after that I was back home and I was visiting family and everything and I was right there on Northwest Expressway passing Mardell bookstore and I pulled in and uh I see the man. And I walk up to him and I said, Sir, you don't know me, but about a year and a half ago or so, I came in here to buy a Bible. And he's looking at me. He's, you know, kind. You know, look at me. And I said, And you asked me where I was going to start reading. And he gets a little smile. You can see, like, he starts to smile. I said, You told me to read in Luke and then in John and he's smiling more I said and then in John again and by now he's smiling full on I said I did that I, said, I gave myself to Jesus and I just wanted to tell you thank you keep telling people to read Luke and then John and then John again he had a little tear in his eye I had a little tear in my eye he gave me a hug I wish I could remember his name but God knows who he is so I have friends, like a friend, and, their, and her parents who had an impact on me by their witness. And now this total stranger who I don't even know his name has had an impact on me. Go back a little bit further, involving another Bible, about 40 years ago when I was 10 years old in 1979. And my mom bought me picture Bible. Now, growing up, we didn't really go to church a lot unless, you know, mom, like, you know, made us all go. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and, and where we went to church, like, you didn't bring a Bible. Like, having a Bible wasn't really a thing. Like, you know, so you just kind of let the people read it to you or whatever. So, so to have a Bible was kind of interesting and of course this isn't like a bible bible it's a it's like comic strip version right it's super cool it's called the picture bible and um 10 years old and i at the last count when i got it i started reading it every night like before i went to bed i read this thing seven times through I would read, you know, during the night, finish it when I got done. I started at the beginning because that's what you do with books. And, and when I finished it, I would read it again. 
Now, I didn't come to know Jesus in that moment, but here's what I know. Here's the impact that my mom had on me is that long before I called on the name of Jesus, God was putting his stories into my heart. He was putting in his goodness and the way he shows up for his people and the way he, he, um, he always keeps his promises. Um, the way that he, he, didn't, he didn't mess around when it came to sin, like you knew that he didn't like it. Like all these things were like put into my heart and they were there. And so, long before I called on the name of Jesus, God was calling me. And I think about this. So, my mom had an, one of the ways she had an impact on me was just by giving me something that drew me closer to God, something that was that that drew my attention. You know what I did this past week? I ordered four of these. They don't look quite this awesome um, now. They have, but still the same picture Bible. And I ordered four of these for for some real special kids that I know. because I want to have an impact on their lives. But my friends and, and, and her parents, they were my they were friends. They had an impact on me by their witness. This man in Mardell had an impact on me by directing me and, and where to read. This was my mom by, and putting this in my heart and, and drawing me to the things of God so that when I did start to search later in life that I, I had an understanding of the character of God and who he was. And so I say all that to say to you is that, folks, you just have no idea. We really have no idea. That man at Mardell just got up and went to work that day. But he had an impact on my life. How many of us go to work every day and we just go through the motions? My friend that I met, that that's, could have been what, what she did, but no, she had an impact on me because of her faith in Jesus. I saw it, and when I had questions, she was, she was there to answer them. And, 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 and You have no idea how your presence might impact someone. You have no idea where that ripple effect is going to take, like, or how long it's going to go. You know, and there's a chance that some of you might be thinking right now, well, you know what, you're right, Shannon, I hear you, I... I you're right, I know some people that have had an impact on me for sure, and um, as soon as I get a little bit better at this, this Christian-y thing, I'm going to try to have an impact on somebody too. You know, I probably need to pray a little bit more, I need to read my Bible a little bit more, I need to you know, probably come to church more, you know, and you know, maybe I'll even try this community group thing that she will not stop talking about. And, and you're right, like, I think all, you know, pray, pray. Scripture tells us to pray without ceasing, to be people that are prayerful, you know. Yes, be in God's word. That's how we really know who he is. Of course, all these things. You know I think community groups are important, yes. But I'll tell you something. Even if you know just, even if your only experience up to this point is a 10-minute interaction with Jesus, like the woman at the well. Like, that's it. Like, that's where you find yourself right now. You're like at, you're at Christianity 101. You are one step into the journey. That's all you know. That's all you have. I want to tell you, you are equipped to make an impact for the kingdom of God. 
you are equipped to do this. If you know, okay, yes, he is the son of God. Yes, he came to take away the sins of the world. Yes, he has forgiven my sins. Yes, I have surrendered to that. I am walking in that. I am believing that. If you know Jesus, you know Jesus has changed you, you are equipped to make an impact on another person. I mean, John shows us this. John verses 28 through, John 4, 28 through 30 shows us that there's this woman who's had a very, like, tiny interaction with Jesus, and yet her life has changed. You don't have to be perfect to make an impact on someone. You don't have to have it all together to make an impact on someone. You just have to know who Jesus is and care about other people knowing Jesus too. It's really that simple. We try to complicate this thing. And here's how I know that, that someone who's had just a tiny interaction with Jesus and their life has been changed can make an impact. Because look at verse 39 in John 4. The woman has run to the village. She dropped her cell phone, her purse, her wallet, and she ran to the village. She dropped what was important to her, ran to tell these people, I think I've met the Messiah. Come and see for yourself. And it says this. This is from the message. It says, Many of the Samaritans from that village... Listen to what they did. They committed themselves to him, to Jesus, because of the woman's witness. She had an impact on them because she ran and told them. She said this. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. They asked him to stay on. And you know what? He spent two days with them, two days with Jesus. And it says a lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. She had an impact on them. And then I love this part because, see, folks, this takes the pressure off. When I talk about having an impact, I'm not saying you need to go and save people. We can't save people, but we can walk with them. And it says this. They said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so, Right? My friend Carrie and her parents, they could just walk with me. But at some point, I had to not just take it on their say-so. Reading Luke and reading John and reading John, the Word of God, it's written right there on the page, but at some point, I had to take it from the ink on the page. And it came alive for me. And it says this, they said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the Savior of the world. See, she had an impact on a, on a little town, on, on a tiny town, an ordinary, broken, sinful woman who had been transformed by Jesus. She's made an impact. You are equipped to make an impact on somebody. I know this for certain. As a brand new believer, after, after you know, reading and, and doing this, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I was in the restaurant business, and if any of you have ever been in the restaurant business, I, I, that sounds really like I own, I, I, was, a, I was a waitress. Um, a restaurant business, I'm in the restaurant business. It's waiting tables. And if you've ever done that, been a part of that, man, that's such an amazing group of eclectic people. I mean, characters. I mean, it's, it's amazing, and I love it. You get people who are like career, 
like they're, they're going to be a server till they die and some people are there just for a little time you know not making ends meet some people just you know but there's like all these different people all these different stories all this and I thought okay well you know there was this eternal change that had happened in my life eternal change happened but on the outside I'm at the same exterior I'm still kind of Shannon and I'm not I'm, I'm not lying when I tell you what I'm cussing and lying that was my sole goal as a new believer was to get through the day without cussing and telling some raging lie about something that didn't even matter that was my goal you with me on that And I thought, okay, well, you know, this whole, like, Luke, John, John thing kind of worked. So I found that these people, like, at work were starting to ask questions. They were coming to me. You don't, I, that's such a stark thing. See, some of you people come to you for advice because you're just a nice person. People didn't do that before Jesus with me. Like, they didn't ask if they wanted to laugh or something, sure. If they wanted to prank somebody, I'm in. But they didn't come for me to me for, like, you know, advice or to, you know, talk. And so they were coming to me and asking, like, you know, I've got this problem. Can you, I was just saying, you know, would you, would you pray for me? You know, like, they were asking these things, and I'm thinking, okay, there, there was something. Here's what was going on. Jesus was shining through the same old exterior. I mean, I'm just trying not to, like, let some words fly and just be honest. And yet people, there's, Jesus is shining through. I said, well, you know, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask some of my coworkers. I'm just going to invite people over to my house. And I'm going to turn to the front, the table of contents. And I'm going to find Luke. And let's read through Luke together. And when we get done with that, we'll go to John. And let's do that. And so these coworkers started to come. And like college friends were like, you know, were coming and my sister and some of her high school friends were coming and we were all gathering there in my little house like just packing out my living room and we were just reading through Luke and John and John together and people started like saying yes to Jesus like I, I, we found ourselves talking about what it meant to be forgiven what it meant to be reconciled to God what it meant for that God wants to heal relationships and brokenness. We all this was going on. And folks, I was nothing more than a woman with some stories who had had an interaction with Jesus. So you're equipped to make an impact. You are equipped to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And I want you to hear that. I want you to believe that. But I can't make you believe it. I can just tell it to you and repeat it a couple times. See, when you, you have no idea what one word, what one, one gesture, what one invitation, what one conversation can do to impact someone's life for eternity... We just don't know. When you listen to someone who's hurting at work instead of just brushing them off or, or you know, you just represent the love of Jesus to them, you have no idea. When you post scripture or, you know, like a clip of a message or something that you've read and, and, and that, and you have no idea what, how's that impacting someone on the other side. Students, if you don't think you impact people by the way you worship, you are very wrong. because you do 
I don't want to say just students, but I'm just, our students do that. If you know Jesus, you've been equipped to make an impact. My mom, my friends, a stranger at a bookstore are just a few of those examples. A couple of things. If you haven't, I've got to say it, if you haven't yet surrendered to Jesus, today can be that day. Today can be that day where you say, okay, I've known it, I've heard about it, but I'm ready for today to be the day that I say yes to Jesus Christ. I'm tired of doing it on my own, running it on my own, failing and just running in circles, not feeling like I'm really living to the full potential that I, was, I, I know that I was created to live in. Today can be the day that you surrender to Jesus and you can claim it for your very own and it not just be me up here talking or someone else. That's, today can be the day. You say yes to Jesus. And then the fun begins, right? That's when, that's when the opportunity to, to live into who we were created to be starts to happen. And so here's what I want you to do this week. I'm going to give you some homework. Who likes that word? I shouldn't even have said that word. But three things. Here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to, on your own, you want to do this with someone else, but I want you to really sit down and I want you to think about who is it that God is putting into your day-to-day life, your sphere of influence, okay? In all the different ways in which you're going through your day, who are some people that God has put in your life that he wants you to have an impact on them? Like, you know it. Some of you already know. You already know, like, God's put the name, he's put their face, like, maybe you don't know their name, but you know, like, you know. But spend a little time thinking about this. But there's someone that you can just, you know that you can have an impact on them. And then secondly, and and I would say this really for our community groups, but this can be true of anyone, but for our community groups, I want you to get together this week and, and talk about some ways that you can have a real tangible, like show up group impact on on our community whether it's a person or some people or an organization or or something like that but how you can come together real real tangible ways not just writing a check but like really showing up and being present in the name of Jesus and then thirdly what I want is for you to let us know about these things like maybe you don't want to put names on it or stuff like that, but like we want to celebrate knowing what's gone on and ways in which we're impacting people for Jesus in our community. That's what we want to do. Whether and you can do that, you know, you can email us, you can go on Facebook, you can go to our website and, and get us. You can email me or Josh or anyone on staff and let us know. Now I have some God-sized, I would call them God-sized suggestions. I think they're kind of like out-of-the-box thinking suggestions. That's all they are and ideas that I'm sharing specifically with some of our community groups this week. So if you're a community group leader, be sure and get that from Josh. And I purposely am doing this, so you have to be in a community group to know what they are. (laughs) And if you're not in a community group, I want to say this. Of course, I encourage you to get in one. But maybe you're just like, it's not the right time. It's not, I don't know what's, whatever. Fine, fine. Grab two or three people. 
two, three, four, five people and for the next few weeks get together and pray and say how can we tangibly really show up and impact other people do that do that and let us know we want to celebrate that with you there are people who have made an impact on your life and I have absolutely no doubt that God wants to make an impact on others through you that does not exclude any person in this room let's pray Father, we th I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the truth that is found in it. I thank you for the way in which it, it shines light on on the dark places, on the hurt places, on the broken places, on the incomplete places. And you come in and you just... by your word you bring us truth and you bring us hope and life God I thank you so much for the people that have had an impact on my life God I thank you for the, the, the countless number of people based on the folks in this room the countless number of people who have had an impact on us collectively God, what really makes me excited and, and just brings a smile to my face is the, the understanding that looking at a, at a room full of people who have been impacted by you, God, the countless numbers of people who can be impacted because of those gathered here this morning. I mean, countless like, we don't know the number. We don't know how far that ripple effect goes. We have no clue the way in which you want to impact people. God, generationally impact people for Christ. For people to give themselves to you, to be in right relationship with you. So God, I pray today for the person that needs to say yes to you, that this would be the moment that they allow you, that they, they surrender to you and allow your forgiveness to wash over them. That they, that they rise as a, as a follower of Jesus today because they have said yes to you. And for the rest of us, God, that we would feel something inside of us like never before. We know that we have a purpose and it is to make an impact for your kingdom. We pray all this in the mighty, wonderful, most impactful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we go to a time of worship, our ushers will be coming by in just a moment. And if you have your offerings or connection cards that you would like to to put in the basket as it comes around. Please do that. Support the ministry. Help us make an impact in our community. Let's stand and worship together.